Well, hello everyone. Welcome. This is Grace from Quantum Nurse live stream, and also with me at Freedom International live stream is Jane, Dr. Jane um, from Empowered Mind uh, podcast. I have Roy from Awakening Podcast and Hartmut from Go Your Own Path. And we are very privileged and very honored to have a great guest today who is a historian and he's also a prolific um, writer and author, okay? And we have Anton Chenkin. And thank you very much, Anton, for being with us. And Anton Chetkin is the son of Jacob Chetkin. He is a pro-Franklin Roosevelt lawyer who blocked some of Wall Street's financial arrangements in their sponsorship of the Hitler regime. And I I like reading that very first line because, you know, my, I, I, for one, and many people, I believe, don't even know that this, this uh, financial arrangement was happening in right in the, you know, like in New York City, right in United States. So Anton grew up committed to justice with a strong sense of the realities of power politics. And in his systematic inquiry to, into American history, Chaitkin found that the mental map of our former leaders was far more profound and more pro-human than anything available in the post-JFK era. And again, this line resonated to me so much because I grew up in the Philippines and I do know that there are some conflicting or uh, struggling emotions when it comes to United States. There's some, there's some uh, admiration, but there's also some suspicion and sometimes there could be anger and just fear of the presence of United States in many other countries coming from developing countries or third world countries, if I may say. So Anton is the leader chronicler of the two contending sides in US history, the advocates of progress for America and other sovereign nations versus the Anglo-American imperialist. So all of us, especially freedom fighters that just kind of like came out of the scandemic, we all have been hearing lately about he, the, the true history of United States. And it's so, it's so important. And I do know that there are some private schools or private communities creating schools for their children that they want to teach history, Anton. So it, it is like it, it would be proper, I can't remember the right English word that's more powerful than proper, that it is really the right time to learn about the history of United States as, as hidden, or because that's hidden, the one is that one that's very truthful. So um, the title of your book, Who We Are, America's Fight for Universal Progress from Franklin to Kennedy. Again, as a commoner, the questions like who we are, what are we going to do about it once we know who we are, where do you want to go, and how do you want to be, and how can we really change what we've been and really kind of like carry on what the founding fathers truthfully 
created this country for. So what are your thoughts about that? And feel free to lead us to the discussion that could be helpful in this current times. Well, thank you, Grace, for having me here. And thank you for the other uh, people here to uh, participate. The United States and Britain together are currently pursuing a course that will result in the destruction of human civilization unless it's reversed. And many people uh, are baffled by the apparent insanity of the, particularly the American uh, rulers. The, the I'm talking about a, a complex of, of um, oligarchy that, that controls the policy and that particularly those driving the United States towards war with Russia and also with China. Uh, I, I, I believe that Ukraine is a proxy for this war, uh, which started far before this current conflict where Russia was backed into a corner. Um, the problem facing the world with the United States in particular is that particularly after the death of John Kennedy, our country was fundamentally changed. The character of the nation was changed. Uh, this was a betrayal, a usurpation by the, by the people who took power after murdering Kennedy. And the, it was a betrayal of the, uh, of the idea of progress, which had been motivating the best leadership in our country from uh, really well before the, the, the founding of the Republic, uh, uh, under the best leadership in the USA, the, our country had a unique role in the world in moving the productive forces of mankind forward. That is in, in elevating people by uh, increasing the power of man over nature. Uh, this is not simply certain presidents. I would name Washington and John Quincy Adams and Lincoln and Franklin Roosevelt and Kennedy uh, as exemplifying this, this idea of progress. But that entire idea, which gave the United States the most powerful uh, industrial system, uh, skilled workers, uh, and, and massive productive forces in industry and agriculture and science, it was all abandoned. It was we we gave up the idea that progress, material progress of people was was uh, either uh, good or even possible. Uh, we we substituted uh, for that or a an idea of uh, the enrichment of billionaires, which is well well known. Uh, and the continual degradation of our own population and the, the holding of much of the world in, in poverty, increasing poverty in, in places like Africa uh, and South Asia and so forth. Russia and China, paradoxically, 
uh, because they are not based on, on Republican systems as the US was in its revolution. They are have been, especially under China's uh, industrial leadership, they have been accomplishing a vast improvement in the living standards of hundreds of millions of people, something the United States previously led the way in, 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 in accomplishing. Um, so my book, Who We Are, the first volume going from the 1750s to the 1850s, the uh, successive uh, volumes going to take it from Lincoln on onward. Uh, my book chronicles the construction of U.S. industry and of the advancement of our powers over nature under a system and a philosophy radically different from that controlling the United States today, which is purely in terms of the U.S. outlook on the world and its relations with the rest of the world is purely destructive. Nothing constructive is being done by the United States today. Not, there is no aim uh, for that. Um, I want to, I, I can give you a, a, a little insight into the, the nature of the problem uh, by going back to uh, 1861, when uh, Abraham Lincoln was about to be inaugurated as president, he aimed to block the further spread of slavery, and the southern states were beginning to secede from the Union and threatening civil war. On the eve of his inauguration, the day before he was inaugurated, the Tsar of Russia, Alexander II, issued a decree emancipating 23 million Russian slaves, the serfs, who were held under a terrible tyranny by a feudal system. That is, there were the landowners there uh, held their, the, the peasants that they owned on their estates uh, in absolute tyranny, kept them backward and degraded. And the, the czar uh, who had come in, uh, who had inherited the throne in 1855, wanted to break up this feudalistic system and allow Russia to make modern progress. Russia reformers saw in the U.S. a leadership that wanted to break up the hold over the U.S. Of, of Southern slave owners that was keeping the U.S. backward. They saw that the U.S. was, uh, was uh, held in, in slavery by the British Empire, uh, which, which took the Southern cotton. They saw that the U.S. Was, was on the brink of possibly being able to deal with this under Lincoln's presidency. So they timed the emancipation of Russia's slaves called serfs for issuance the day before Lincoln was inaugurated. Lincoln himself and his supporters saw the change going on in Russia 
as being uh, uh, a great harbinger of progress. The two continent-spanning nations could, by action of reformers who would, who would uh, change an imperial system, uh, make their countries uh, a, a, a leaders for progress in, for their own people and for the world. What Lincoln accomplished uh, in his presidency was a, uh, a restoration of the original program for industrial progress uh, on a scale never seen before. Not only while he was alive, before he was murdered, but under the uh, tariffs and other measures that Lincoln put in place, the United States marched ahead to uh, build the, the greatest industrial uh, uh, achievements ever seen in the world in a sh very short time, rushed past Britain as the uh, industrial leader of the world with high living standards for, for most of our, our workers. Also freed the slaves in a great conflict that killed uh, hundreds of thousands of Americans. Russia became America's great friend in that conflict and sent their fleet to uh, New York and San Francisco to keep Britain and France from daring to interfere on the side of the Southern Confederacy. Uh, the United States uh, later on, uh, after building its own transcontinental railroad, helped Russia to build this Trans-Siberian Railroad in the 1890s. That was a joint project. All the equipment for that railroad, the steel and the rails and the locomotives were all built here. This friendship between the two countries uh, was uh, the, the subject of great fear on the part of Britain. Because the US also was great friends with Germany and with Japan and help them to achieve tremendous industrial progress by adopting this the same nationalistic and and humane measures that that the US under Lincoln adopted. Uh, Let me interrupt yeah. Ch Ch Anton. Mm -hmm. So the friendship that you mentioned that's not a friendship that may refer now to what we call globalism or like manipulation of getting a one world resetting it into one world because you know some when i was in the philippines and we hear always when we hear that us is friends of this friends of that uh there there's not a lot of hope for us as a third world country because what we're experiencing is that as a people it seems like we're just being used by all of them right. so is it the same friendship that you're referring before and what is happening now globalism I, globalism is a new phase of the 
imperial system that, that the United States Revolution was aimed against, the, the, chiefly the British Empire. Uh, the, the British uh, destroyed the labor force and capabilities of both Ireland and India by direct oppression. But in, uh, more broadly, the British Empire was a world system of crime based on the idea that human beings have no intrinsic value and that the, the labor system under the British imperial idea, which, is, which they called free trade, which meant no nation could interfere with the commercial system to, to, for their own benefit. But under that system, the value of a human being was kept deliberately and artificially low by preventing the industrial and scientific progress of each other country. Not just India and Ireland, but every country by interference in those countries through trade war, dumping cheap products and so forth. The American system in our progress here was based on breaking up Britain's monopoly over manufacturing. I point out in my book that the Industrial Revolution in England back in the 1770s and 80s was initiated by humanitarian people who believed in treating people right, who were friends of Benjamin Franklin, who were not imperialists, who were on the American side in the revolution. These were people in the Lunar Society circle in Birmingham uh, that did the uh, steam engine and the uh, canals in England. The East India Company faction, uh, led by Lord Shelburne, who, was, who, who changed British intelligence into intrigue that, that we see and, and fake uh, insurrections and, and uh, uh, false flag incidents, like the, the, the worst features of the French Revolution guided from London to bring, uh, to bring a tragedy and terrorism into France where the original French revolutionaries like Lafayette were Republicans. Uh, so this, this global system was always represented within American history by a faction, principally Wall Street and Southern slave owners. And this faction, was in a constant warfare and tension versus the American uh, leaders who want patriots who wanted to make the United States into a, a successful and powerful industrial country, get out of the backwardness of slavery and, and simply producing raw materials for the British Empire to export. Most of our slave cotton went to England. So our best leaders succeeded in different times in, in moving the country forward into industry by adopting high tariffs, by having uh, federal control over credit, uh, by having great projects for infrastructure. Uh, it, you can see this at, the, at its last moment in the, the uh, uh, presidency of John Kennedy. Uh, he helped 
the the president of Ghana, uh, Kwame Nkrumah, the great African nationalist, to build a a wonderful dam on the Volta River uh, that was to electrify West Africa. After Kennedy's murder, the United States was put under a regime, regardless of who the president was, that said that kind of progress we don't want. We don't believe. We taught our children that building a dam on a river in Africa would interfere with the rights of the rhinoceroses to drink water from a particular river. Who cares whether the children have electricity or hospitals or schools or can work in a factory, in a modern factory? This idea that that the a high living standard is a is the basic human right was something that was particularly american we don't have that idea now so that america america's identity as the fountain of progress in the world has been robbed from americans that's the central problem that we face right now Thank you. Everything that you're telling, saying, sharing is really resonating to me because we we do have. I'm sure you're you you're aware of the many stories of uh, the dam and electric and nuclear power plant in the Philippines, and which I always wonder. We, you know, we're taught that we have so many resources, more you know, just tons of resources. But why couldn't we make progress just like? like India even progressed so much more than us in the Philippines. And it's it, now I understand that there is an old plan that you know certain countries have to be only at this much, so then you don't progress. And now I, I, it's sad that the United States is in that plan also. And so I, I'm gonna sh- I'll pass on to Jane, and I really thank you for everything that you do. And I for sharing your time with us, and we more than ever we needed to know who we are and where we want to go from here. Jane, hi, Anton. Um, yeah, so how did this happen? Because I mean, I remember when I was a kid, my mother was saying that we're losing all our industry, it's all going to China, we're going to become, you know, we won't have any power left with what's left, because someone else is making all our goods. And we were in manufacturing, and it became increasingly difficult to even get anything made in America. And I don't it's, it feels like an agenda to turn more of us into slaves. And I just lead us on from what happened from Kennedy's death and help us see how we came to this situation today. Well, let's look at the objective of the United States uh, under Franklin Roosevelt. I want to get a sense across of what our self-concept was at our best because we unless we have that to refer to we're, we're, we're totally lost you could point to the new york times a, a 1619 project 
where they say that um, that uh, slavery was the was the defining idea of our country from the very beginning. Now, why would they say something like that? The same people at the New York Times who claim that America as a nation is historically simply garbage, racist garbage. That same newspaper are among the principal forces saying that the United States is now making up for this terrible past by making war on one country after another, by, by proclaiming Russia and China the enemy and by, by a, 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 an aggressive uh, uh, NATO expansion. Now we are the champion of human rights when we're threatening World War III, whereas before we were no good. Why do they do that? Because they don't want people to look at what the United States was uniquely for the good. So let's go back to Franklin Roosevelt. So you see this, see this uh, aching difference should should cause a, 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 an agonizing reappraisal of of what we need to say now to challenge this. It's not enough to just say we're there's evil in the world. You have to see what potential we have from from the fabulous good that we were doing in 1940. Franklin Roosevelt uh, was was trying to crank up our industry and our and our resolve to confront Hitler. Uh, and uh, he spoke of four freedoms that at the end of this war, which was World War Two, the world should consider as the the basis for a, a a a wonderful progress of all humanity here are the four freedoms freedom of speech freedom of religion freedom from want which means a high living standard and freedom from fear and he said these four freedoms are the right of all mankind the United States today doesn't believe in any of those things. None of them. Freedom of speech is totally dangerous to the regime. Freedom of religion doesn't exist if you totally disrespect religion completely and therefore disrespect other people's religions. Freedom from want, that means that there has to be arrangements between friendly sovereign countries to build up the productive forces to modern living standards so that everybody has enough to eat. This is something, by the way, that was not possible centuries ago. We didn't have the productive capability to see that every human being had a good living standard. Now we do, and we're losing it. We're going to lose it if we go into feudalistic wars or, or World War III. But this was proclaimed by our president as a fundamental human right. And this was also uh, put into the United Nations Charter at the end of the war.
and all the countries agreed to this. Britain reluctantly, that is the British leaders, all the British people were for it. Freedom from fear. Clearly, the, the U.S. regime believes in putting everyone in fear all the time. Uh, so what was Franklin Roosevelt doing as a leader in 1940? Well, he wanted to defend Britain from attack by Germany. Does that mean he approved of the British Empire? No. Uh, he had he had when he became uh, uh, president, he had previously studied American history very, very deeply, especially when he had polio. And he was a master of US history and and of the ideals and and objectives of the American Revolution and also of Lincoln's uh, uh, role. And so he confronted the British Empire and its backwardness. In Africa, during the war, uh, he, he stopped off in uh, uh, West Africa and he spoke of a country called Gambia, a little country on a river ruled by the British for 150 years. And he pointed out in a press conference here in, to uh, uh, black newspaper editors and publishers, uh, the president had a press conference in 1943. And he said, I was there in West Africa and I saw that the British had ruled this place for 150, 150 years and the people had no science at all. They, 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 they used sticks to, to plow the ground. There was no education. It's horrifying. And uh, so this, this has to be changed. We can't have the world like what the British have done in Africa. And I told this to Winston Churchill. And he was furious with me. He's this is Roosevelt speaking to the black uh, publishers and editors in this press conference. And, and Churchill threatened me and he said, uh, well, Mr. President, I think that the American treatment of the blacks in the South ought to be investigated by the United Nations. And I said to Winston, I think that's a good idea. I agree with you. And he, he was floored. He didn't know what to do at that point. This is our president. This is our tradition. This is in the face of what is now the globalism practiced by our own regime. So this is a great contradiction for people who are either leftists or conservatives or, or the new definition of, of progressive, which has nothing progressive about it, where it leaves the people in the dust in terms of their living standards or the brutality of the system. The great contradiction that you have to uh, address the American people with and ask the American people to look in their souls for this, for this uh, uh, goodness which means uh, that we take responsibility for the future of our own country, our own children, our, and, and, and the rest of the world as we, as we used to do. All through, just wrap this up with this image. 
all throughout our history, those times when the United States made rapid progress, and that, that was, that's not all the time, that's a limited time, and, and few of our presidents were capable of doing this, but they did. they did. But those times when we made the massive forward motion, we always at those times and under that leadership were the most generous and outgoing and friendly for the objective of helping other countries to move forward, to get out of the clutches of imperialism and build up their own industry and science and high living standards. We did that for many different countries. Now we, our country is in the grasp of people who want to forbid the world from ever making that kind of progress again. And we are teaching our children that that progress is wrong and impossible and is against nature. So this is the confrontation, the, the, the contradiction that you have to, you have to live with. Uh, our best presidents were, were strong believers in the preciousness of human life, even though they were war leaders. They never sought war. And they wanted to build a world of peace, which, which we're now, uh, we're now uh, in, in danger of losing forever. Yeah, well, you keep a civilization um, in slavery by keeping them in want. And so there's something that's happened that our leaders no longer see us as, you know, human and progressive and they, they want us in slavery. So what happened after Roosevelt? The, 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 the immediately on his death, the intelligence services were taken over by the Dulles faction and a faction in the Pentagon uh, led by a guy named uh, Lemnitzer. I, I believe that Alan Dulles and Lyman, General Lemnitzer were both involved in the murder of Kennedy. Uh, but they, they betrayed Roosevelt very directly uh, from the time of the German surrender. They wanted to put the Germans into war again against Russia. But more broadly, uh, these were, Dulles was a lawyer for Hitler. He and his brother, John Foster Dulles, and for Wall Street jointly, people my father went against in, in, in the courts. But their faction uh, with Churchill uh, uh, steered the United States into uh, support of British and other European imperialism and uh, brought about a Cold War with a paranoid Stalin that uh, was, was really unnecessary. Uh, when, when, when Kennedy uh, was in the Senate and in Congress, uh, first in the Congress and then in the Senate in the 1950s, John Kennedy, uh, he uh, became famous for attacking this U.S betrayal of our anti-imperialist heritage. We should be the leader 
as we were, he thought, of guiding the world into uh, better, better living standards and, and free countries, meaning also sovereign countries. He was anti-communist the same way that, um, that FDR was. But that didn't mean that we had to have enemies that we're going to be in a war with. That's crazy. The Russian czar uh, was, was had an autocratic system. The communists had a system we didn't agree with. But so what? What's our business? Our business is to make the United States strong and to provide some kind of leadership by example, not by bullying people like Teddy Roosevelt did in, in, around, you know, it, it put himself in the image of the British Empire. We don't want to be like that. So Kennedy was a champion of African and Arab nationalism when he came up as president. And his presidency uh, was a battle all the time from the very first days when they, they pulled this trick of the Bay of Pigs uh, invasion engineered by, the, by Dulles at the CIA. Uh, you, you can see this very clearly in, in a strange event that took place uh, the month after Kennedy came in as president. Uh, he was uh, he was very much attuned from his Senate uh, uh, leadership uh, to the problem of the crisis in Africa, both of the uh, Arab North and the Black Africans in poverty and in fighting against uh, colonialism, South Africa and all that. So he was talking about the the African crisis. So in in April, 1961. The month, uh, a couple of months after his inauguration, the British set up, issued a manifesto. It was a manifesto issued by Prince Philip of England and Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, declaring that, yes, there was a crisis in Africa. Hundreds of thousands were faced with death, but they weren't talking about people. They were talking about wild animals. And they said that the problem in Africa was that the people were, were, were being uh, steered towards uh, having too high of a living standard. What's the problem? The problem is, was that they were talking, really talking about was Kennedy coming back to the original American uh, uh, mission, the mission on which we were founded uplifting man's powers over nature, uplifting the common people. And so th this, this uh, counter idea, in this case, uh, in the guise of radical environmentalism, the idea of Malthus, the false uh, uh, program that, that claims that, that, that there's too few resources, that natural resources are limited ridiculous because every so-called natural resource is based on a human scientific discovery that and infrastructure development that makes it a resource it wasn't a resource before we before we did that work and made those discoveries so it's a false idea of man's limited limited nature whereas the the american and renaissance idea uh, is that that man, uh, in the image and under the care of God, uh, has uh, creative powers that can solve any problem, especially by working together.
with other human beings. So this is this is our heritage. And so Kennedy, uh, when he was murdered, largely because he really was steering towards peace with Russia, he he was calling he he worked for uh, worldwide nuclear power development, including nuclear powered rockets to get to Mars. And we had we had that program uh, started up, but he wanted to have desalination of of water. Uh, joint projects between different enemies, Arabs and Israel, U.S. and Russia, Pakistan and India. Uh, so after his murder, you had a uh, the imposition of uh, uh, financial and ideological changes. Uh, one of them was uh, later on Paul Volcker. Uh, at the Federal Reserve, instituted what he called controlled disintegration of the U.S. economy, 20% interest rates, to crush industry, to roll us back as globalism came in, and we're going to farm out our industries to, to poor countries that would work for nothing. Uh, that was the original idea with China, but China judoed that 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 by by making investment when they got the in, when, when making investment for infrastructure and education things like that but the us was put under what they called post industrial society uh, uh, paradigm uh, and that there was a new phase of the world supposedly completely false wasn't a phase it was a it was a it was a grave error in policy imposed by people who were criminals the, the offshore bankers and people like that margaret thatcher in england who took down their coal mines and 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 gave, gave the uh, the uh, work for producing coal imported into england to russian oligarchs uh why did she do that partly to change the whole system uh, into this crazy, just pure speculative system, but also to crush the unions in, in England. The coal miners were strong unionists. So this, this, is, uh, this is the change in our system. We now have a, an offshore banking system and a speculative bubble that is kept going, kept from collapse, by a constant sucking out of the value and the capital, the real, the real value, the real treasure of, uh, of human life and of uh, revenue streams into this speculative cycle. And of course, when, the, when you get these recurring bankruptcies, you get bailouts uh, by government, by taxpayers. And also by uh, the uh, the cycle of production of uh, weapons for endless war, this sort of thing. So this is the system, a purely criminal system, uh, similar to the uh, to the system of the uh, East India Company that and their wars and their uh, uh, robbery slavery, opium pushing, and so forth. That's, that's the system. That's not the American system. But that's what was put in place after the death of John Kennedy. 
despite the whatever intentions any uh, patriotic or quasi-patriotic person in, in the US leadership might have tried to do. We can we, we the the limit to this system is that is that the Russians and the Chinese, uh, together with many countries in Asia and some in Africa now, like Ethiopia, uh, and, and others, are, are 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 want to move ahead with a system of development of production. Uh, the, the China's Belt and Road system. Uh, and the the any future progress will be based on this kind of an objective. Uh, if that if that objective is defeated, the world goes down. So therefore, you have to say that the odds are that America's survival will be favored by patriots in the United States and by a population for which the present regime is not popular. Are we going to win against this? The the odds of censorship and 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 the degradation of our population and the silliness that you know the uh, and horrors of our present politics, where people are obsessed with Donald Trump and with and and, and with issues which have importance but which pale against nu nuclear World War Three, like abortion and 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 things like this. Are we going to triumph? The odds are that survival will have a a, a powerful influence. The 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 the, how, the thinking of people that we need to survive. We need to have a world for our grandchildren. I think we have a chance, uh, but we have to be able to see the goodness in our history, and the, the, before the leaders of the West became people who hated what the West had accomplished and what the U.S. had accomplished. Usurpers who, who are the rulers right now. Yeah, it runs deep. And yeah, the, the corruption, like, you know, where do we go to cut that? head off but and then there's the whole link to china and you know they now control industry for the us and but i'm going to pass it to roy i have like so many questions but i feel like it'll just unravel as it should thanks jen hi hi anton hi i suppose because of all the different things that you've been talking about like one of them would be the amount of people that kind of repeat phrases that Churchill was saying, how a good man he was, me being Irish, know the terrible things that he done, not only to Ireland, but also India. Like, which is, right. I mean, I see all the books behind you. I What I've learned with a lot of the books that I read, unfortunately, the victors write the history books. Like, how do you decipher, get through, a lot of the lies to make sure that and just for others as well when they're doing their research to know the best way of researching to find the truth you have to start by looking at the good you you're lost if you're simply trying to chase criminals 
through history. It's sort of, you get into a spiral and you, you never get anywhere with that. You have to be able to see how mankind advanced. You have to see, in, in the case of Ireland, you have to, you, you obviously are going to look for those, uh, those wonderful uh, uh, achievements in uh, the, the idea of man and uh, the, the, uh, value, the value put on human beings uh, by leaders uh, throughout uh, history in, in the culture and, in, and, and in, in various points in history. In my book, this, the first volume, the second chapter of the book, uh, is principally about Ireland's uh, uh, revolt in the 1780s in, in coordination with the American Revolution. The objective at that time was, in Ireland, was principally Ireland, Ireland getting the right uh, with its own government but getting the right to have modern industry and modern skills and, uh, and uh, to overturn a system whereby Ireland was simply reduced under British control to producing uh, uh, raw materials, food. Uh, this went back to the, the, the so-called uh, famine of the, of the 1840s which was simply the robbery of the food of, of Ireland under uh, uh, half the British army was stationed inside Ireland to I'm allow- I'm glad you said that because a lot of people think they're blaming it on a potato blight. But what well, I've read yeah, is potato... that basically half the British army and they basically just took off their roofs. It was 5 million that was actually killed, not two exported the food to England but they but that was because there was a there was a potato blight but there was a lot of other products in Ireland and uh, there were the, the potato blight was also in England there were, and, and so they 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 exported the food there but what you have to look at to avoid uh, in a being in a kind of a spiral about what's true and what's not true is anchor yourself in the uh, in in the in this higher idea of man if you look at the work of the great scientific and cultural leaders and religious leaders who are who are serious and uh, champions of mankind all of this features a view of man as uh, a a a creature with angelic properties that if you if you give human beings a chance from childhood from a loving childhood and from a the sustenance that they that they need they can accomplish miracles against uh the hideous problems and odds that they face so in our in our history in the west that i know of you have various points at which there were these great advances in industry, in science, in uh, the creation of, of uh, nations for the good of the people. 
in every case, these, these advances are not accidents. They're not simply trends. You know, people worry about conspiracy theories. Uh, is it true or not true that a, that a group of powerful people does bad things and controls the world? Well, let's look at the other side. How did, and that, and that bad things are not accidental, they're all a conspiracy. Well, how about the good things? Yes, the good things were deliberate results of projects and policies and plans of people who wanted the progress that was brought about and fought hard against the system and the control of these oligarchs and these, these crazy people left over from feudalism and from the Roman Empire and from the decadence of ages. So the, the, you say, well, there's only a few good people who are in leadership in each country who, who were fathers of the nation or mothers of the nation, people who were acted as parents, right? Over, for the people and, and, and for which the, the whole idea of mutual respect between rulers and the ruled is the primary thing. Uh, so if there's only a few, does that mean that it's not as important as all the evil that's been done? No. Even the smallest example or, or instance of something really powerfully good is more important than all the evil if you've if you've brought the whole thing forward. It's like the little child uh, who is, is a speck in the mother after conception. Compared to the size and 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 parent importance of of the parents, it's nothing, and yet the whole system of our existence is is based on nurturing and bringing forth something miraculous out of that little tiny speck uh that's the good in history and the good is is embodied in uh the intentions of people who put themselves in a position of uh, knowledge and power to accomplish something. Power is not evil. Ill-used it is, but you have two different ideas of power. One of them is power over nature, man's powers to elevate our family and our nation uh, by, by skilled work, by scientific discovery, by, by encouraging others at discoveries that help mankind. Though power, man's powers over nature. The other is certain men's powers over other people. The power to control people. That's the enemy idea of power. And these two conceptions are, are throughout the, the history of the human race are there in every culture. Uh, every culture has advancements in its history. The, the, uh, the exploration and, and understanding of astronomy, uh, navigation, and all these things. You, on one side, one, one set of 
of, of thinkers and doers in each culture and in, in middle, you know, in, the, in Central America and, and in, in, in China and in India and, and, and in, in Egypt and other places. On the other side, in those same places, you would have people who said, no, man is a beast. We have to be the toughest beast. We're going to get what we need by taking it from other people. We'll have a war. We don't need improvement. We need to stab our way forward or sideways or backward, whatever it is, to keep our place. Those are two opposite points of view. And who, who are we in that conception? We is, is, is always a little set of, of, of men or, or families that, that, are, that try to rule together an oligarchy. On our side, we is the idea of the common interests and common heritage of mankind and of a nation that can make an accomplishment as a nation, the best and most important nationalism, like of Abraham Lincoln uh, or Benjamin Franklin or Franklin Roosevelt, that kind of nationalism is always uh, benevolent towards other and, and hopeful and friendly towards other nations and believes in nationalism as the right of mankind against imperialism. So it's not chauvinism. It's not hatred for another country. It's the opposite. You can't have friendship without national self-respect and national power. Because what's the basis of the friendship? Everyone else is pitifully victimized by an imperial or globalist uh, hegemony. So the, the, when you're looking to sort out history, you have to look for who thought up the great advances that occurred, the great uh, successes, who, was, who had the highest ideals, not just crazy ideals that have no substance. Like somebody says, I can get free energy by turning my mind the right direction and looking at the stars and the electricity will flow through my body and be distributed to mankind. Baloney. How about having factories and universities and having credit from the government and public schools to get you the kind of electrical system that was initiated by Thomas Edison, not by Tesla, and to get uh, the progress of human beings and the, the, the living standard that they need. That, that's what we're talking about. Like the, the, the thing is, unfortunately, because there's a lot of people that are watching all the negativity, unfortunately, but I mean, I go to a lot of events. The amount of people around the world doing fantastic, amazing things is unbelievable. But unfortunately, people aren't hearing that. They just, the, the media is controlled and it's just shown the wrong side. But I mean, I, I like you're, you're totally right what you're saying. You know, the, the positive people that have made such amazing changes to the world. Well, any other insights from 
just uh, before I pass you over to Hartmut on with because I know you wrote about uh, George Bush, his connection to JFK. Have you covered that? What's what's your thoughts on that one? Oh, you mean uh, George Bush Senior's connection to the murder of Kennedy? I don't yeah. believe that's a that's a very good uh, that's a good lead. I think that he he definitely is in the faction of the CIA. He was CIA director and helped to cover it up cover up their their misdeeds and and uh, stop a reform of the CIA. But I think that uh, the better the better thing to look at is the origin of uh, Bush family uh, fortune and connections. Who are they, really? That's the issue. Uh, and that takes you back to the bank, with the largest investment bank in the world at the time. They it was called Brown Brothers Harriman. George Bush, the first George Bush president, George Herbert Walker Bush, his father, Prescott Bush, was a senior partner in the Harriman Bank. Uh, he himself had uh, some of his property taken away, Prescott taken away by the Roosevelt administration in 1942 under the Trading with the Enemy Act, where they had uh, a bank within their bank, a little separate entity uh, uh, called the Union Banking Corporation, among other things that they were doing similarly, uh, which was the uh, a, a central fundraising apparatus for the Nazi Party of Germany. And, and the stocks in that were taken away by the US government in, during the World War II. My father, Jacob Jenkins, sued uh, several different companies that were based both in Wall Street and in Nazi Germany, uh, uh, like the North German Lloyd Shipping Company and other, other steamship and steel companies and so forth, jointly owned by the Hitler government and Wall Street. And they they were uh, they were um, they had, they were stopping payment on German government bonds and German private bonds of these companies. They were not going to pay the the uh, the interest owed to American bondholders by a decree of Hitler, uh, so that Hitler could use the money that would otherwise be paid to these American bondholders to build up an army. So these Wall Street companies, including a Jewish-owned bank, the Kuhn Loeb, were helping Hitler. Uh, primarily, you're talking about Rockefeller, Morgan, and and Harriman and Bush, helping Hitler enforce this decree and swindle American bondholders of these uh, of these private Nazi slash Wall Street companies. My father went into court in New York City. Uh, in the first case, the, the opposing lawyer was John Foster Dulles, later Secretary of State, brother of Allen. Uh, and in, in the case, uh, he sued this company, North German Lloyd Shipping Company, uh, and got the, uh, got the sheriff in New York ready to issue a writ to tie up a 30,000-ton German ship, uh, a passenger liner, in port until the company paid my father's client $30 that was owed to her. 
He was in municipal court in New York. He won that case and every other case that he did against Hitler and against Wall Street. Uh, the primary uh, backing for Hitler was done through Britain, in particular through the Bank of England. Going back all the way to before Hitler, when you had the previous fascist countries, not only Italy, but starting with Austria in, in around 1920. Uh, so this, this is a long pro a, a project uh, of the British Empire that obviously had terrible consequences for the English people as well as the rest of the world. Uh, and Wall Street, as I, as I have shown, uh, was a, uh, an offshoot and an adjunct to city of London financiers and in some respects, the British crown. Uh, and there was a triangle in American history going all the way back to slavery days and before uh, before uh, the end of slavery of Wall Street, London, and the Southern slave owners. And they, this was a political triangle that always fought against American government attempts to uh, have national progress. They, they were against uh, the tariffs, they were against government uh, banking, and they were against uh, infrastructure projects. Uh, so the story that the free market capitalism, uh, as exemplified by what we have today in globalism, the story that that kind of capitalism caused the progress of living standards is directly opposite to the truth of a, a constant furious fight of the United States against those uh, Wall Street and London and allied uh, political forces that uh, we're trying to stop us from getting our industries. The first, uh, for example, the first railroads in the United States were built, uh, were designed by US Army engineers assigned by John Quincy Adams, president. Uh, and they were all community projects with, uh, with uh, backing by city, state, and federal uh, um, money. Uh, and they had they were private companies, but nobody nobody was going to invest for fifty years to build up something without government backing. Uh, and that you have, it goes all the way up to the space program. That's our history, not some guy trying to make money, and because he was selfish and is pursuing just his own selfish interest, somehow great inventions were made. Was money what motivated Thomas Edison? No. Did he have to make money? Yes, he needed to make a profit. His business strategy was to produce as much electricity as possible at the lowest price so that more and more people could get electricity. What was he excited about? Making a great mark in history, showing that he could do what other people didn't even think of doing. He was excited about that. 
more power to him. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Is that selfish? Yeah, there's pride, there's ambition. Those are good things. The competition doesn't mean that you're that you that you that you're going to destroy other people. It means the opposite. You're going to show what you can do, and your country is going to show what we can do. We can, you know, we're worried about China, uh, uh, you know, taking over other countries by their influence because they're building dams and power plants. Why don't we show what we can do instead of inciting war by rebels in Ethiopia to destroy that country and kill hundreds of thousands of people to stop them from building high-speed trains with China's help? That's insane. That's not how we got built up. That's not freedom. That's not our country. Thank you very much, Anton. I'll pass you over to Hartmut. Hello, Anton. Good evening from Germany. And, hi. Um, hi. Um, I must admit, uh, while I was listening the whole time, for me, it's a very emotional um, conversation. Because, um, let's say it this way, especially, for example, as German, um, also, also um, after the war, Many soldiers were killed by the Allies after the war, more than 1.2 million people by starvation. We had here in Germany a complete educational change from thinking. And um, yeah, and for example, to, uh, last uh, yesterday, a right-wing uh, leader of a right-wing party said a very interesting thing concerning our current uh, our current government. Uh, she said, the deciders in our actual government, they cannot make a difference between thousand, million and billions. These deciders have no school, they have no knowledge and they have we have a real intellectual problem in Germany in our government. And I'm talking about this because it's, uh, we had here, um, uh, for example, Edward Bernie, the, uh, the pioneer for public relation in, in the US, uh, where we had, where um, marketing was established. This marketing concept has changed the complete way of thinking in the world because before we had this, we we had one car, we had one house, we had maybe one pair of trousers, one pair of shoes, etc. And then the consuming started. And and with this consume oriented thinking, uh, the people are, are focusing on consume instead of learning, um, uh, listening to information, analyzing the situation and then progressing. Yeah, that goes back to the 1920s, I think. Uh, yes. The roaring 20s. Uh, when yes. You had this kind of uh, uh, sort of aimless capitalism. Uh, yes. But it, was, it, was, it was also at the same time as fascism was being promoted in Europe. Yes. And, yeah. and the interesting thing is, I think that with um, establishing the patent law in 1877, in Germany, and also um, 
the industrialization of the countries, also in the US, the complete system has changed. Also, for example, with the establishment of the Federal, Federal Reserve System. Mm -hmm. And um, the question is, how is it possible that, let's say, after, let's say, for the last 100 years, that there is a positive leadership? Because the leadership works so, let's say, the bad leadership works so precise. They have, for example, established a Frankfurt School. The Frankfurt School has, has in my opinion, has destroyed the family values. Yeah? That's so right. No I, I would like to, I, I want to make this the same point that I made before about how you get to the, to the truth in history. I want to do it for, in terms of German history. Uh, and you hit on a couple of things, points that are that are crucial for this. So Germany became a great industrial power beginning in the 1870s. There was there yes. were some steps before that with the uh, Zollverein and for and German unification steps earlier uh, before and during Bismarck. But then under Bismarck's rule in the 1870s. There was a complete change in the policy of the country. And this was done through uh, the collaboration uh, of a, a particular uh, leadership group in the United States, uh, led by Henry Carey, an economist. Uh, and it was a fellow named Kardorf in Germany, who was an advisor to Bismarck. And in the late 1870s, after the U.S. had gone into this tremendous industrialization using tariff protection and government credits that were instituted under Lincoln, this example was explained in detail and in person by Kerry's representatives inside uh, Germany. And Bismarck was a very, very brilliant man. Uh, and was not an imperialist. And he moved Germany out of the British imperial hegemony, not to make war with Britain, but to build up Germany on the basis of a modern system of science and industry. Uh, at the same time, you had certain industrialists uh, like the uh, partner of Thomas Edison in electricity, uh, Rathenau. Uh, you remember the, the 1920s foreign minister, uh, Walther Rathenau. His father, Emil Rathenau, back in the 1870s, 1880s, became a partner of Thomas Edison of America. He built up, under Bismarck, the electrical and other industries in Germany, particularly electrical industry, IAG he founded. and. Uh, then he proceeded, as Edison was doing, to help other countries to electrify, not just Germany. Uh, he, he and his son went into Russia and Eastern Europe and built up electrical industries there, helped Russia to develop its modern, not only its modern industry, but even instituting their tariffs to protect themselves from foreign uh, cheap dumping. And so under that way of thinking, 
under Bismarck's uh, a great introduction of nationalistic, humane progress, Germany became one of the great industrial powers of the world and a force for peace in the world. It was under British uh, intrigue, particularly from then Prince uh, Edward, who became Edward the, the, the seventh, the, the terrible king. Uh, but under that British influence, the Kaiser, the foolish Kaiser, uh, uh, fired Bismarck from being chancellor. And, and you move towards British aim of having this, this terrible World War I that would eliminate the influence of this uh, American idea of, of progress and friendship between great powers who could stand up to imperialism. But One this, question. this idea of, just, just to finish, that, mm -hmm. that this, uh, this concept of progress in Germany, of industrial and scientific progress, under government guidance was a reflection of the old German Renaissance and German great culture of the 19th century, which, which obviously led the world, the, the culture of Beethoven and Schiller and Goethe. Uh, and, and, and this idea of progress and of Germany's being a, a, a motor force for world progress in this great technology and skills was really continued after the fall of Hitler, in many ways, there, were, there was some good leadership in Germany after the war, and there were still some good Americans, despite the, the horrifying uh, uh, imposition of this Cold War and the nightmare in East Germany uh, uh, under, under this, this uh, Cold War-imposed Soviet rule back over there. But th th there was still this idea in Germany uh, that was a hopeful idea at the time of the reunification of East and West Germany, that we would now go back to this great progress that was the heritage of Germany and of Europe and of the United States from Renaissance times and from the American contribution. That was still an ideal in Germany, uh, the best ideal in, in the time of the fall of the Berlin Wall. And it was only the the craziness of Thatcher and Bush and Mitterrand and some other people on behalf of the Anglo-American uh, offshore bankers and, and the worst elements in the uh, intelligence system uh, and these, these, uh, these feudalistic bankers and murderers in NATO at that time who sabotaged this best impulse imposed criminal rule in in Russia, which Putin and other people rescued the country from. They didn't completely rescue it because you still have some of that. Some of them live in England. But this, this you have to focus on the, the greatest contributions to mankind that were made by these heroes of science that and, and like Gauss and other scientists uh, 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 and, and the other, the, the, the other uh, leaders of, of progress in industry and technology that come from Germany and from the great contribution. If you focus on that as our, as our precious heritage, you know, it was, it was Germany that introduced maglev, magnetic levitation trains to China after the foolish 
uh, uh, people in Germany under under environmentalist pressure gave up the the right of Germany to have magnetic levitation trains themselves and nuclear power plants. Uh, the, why give this up? Civilization is worth defending, and civilization. The West has made these. This contributions to civilization that's what you should focus on i think uh yeah but this is let's say it this way this is like uh, going for okay maybe this is conspiracy theory but uh, this is like going like uh, after like a plan because for example the european union this european union was uh established i think in rome 1955 roundabout yeah. And the interesting thing is the first president of this uh, Rome Treaty and the European Union was Walter Hallstein. Walter Hallstein was the lawyer of Hitler, who was 1933 or 1936, I don't know anymore, in Rome, because there was a meeting between Mussolini, Franco and Hitler to share Europe among themselves. And in order to establish a social, let's say, a social law, a patent law, a currency together. And after the World War, Walter Hallstein became the first president and the, uh, the consultant of Konrad Adenauer. So, and the, um, and the IG Farben had an office in Berlin who made, for example, the Generalplan Ost, General Plan East. And this office moved after the world war to brussels and if you see um if you see the building of of brussels is a swastika so the interesting thing is um the the industrial complex and i think on the, especially also the bank of england and i suppose there is also as you said for example for example that um the bank of england was involved by um getting uh, getting uh, Bismarck out of position, then I think that the Bank of England also worked with the German industrial complex, like uh, Bayer or BASF, together in order to recreate uh, the, um, let's say, the government. For example, the Weimar Republic, this was also, also a betrayal, because there were the people who were the key. was betrayed or is a betrayal? What did you say? Betrayal, was a betrayal. The Republic was a betrayal. Well, because the people lost the people lost their rights as human beings. I, I agree with you about the Europe, the intentions of these oligarchs for the European Union. And I think that the 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 submergence of nations is falsely presented as some great advance, as if you could not make agreements for you know, for travel and, and, and uh, uh, you know, compatible currencies or something like that. The, 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 the idea of, uh, of submerging uh, nations, ending self-government, really, under, under pure oligarchic rule and propaganda in Europe is, is in many ways a continuation of fascism. I agree with you, and and and, and the, the the best uh, uh, the deepest study of the origins of the European Union are are very important, as you as you as you point out. Uh, the problem with the uh, the view of this uh, 
conspiracy. The problem lies in not understanding what is the priority for rescuing the human race. What, what do we need to do? First of all, the first priority has to be the cooperation of efforts by mm -hmm. great uh, centers of skill and power in populations. They have to coordinate their efforts to solve pressing problems facing mankind. That's the first priority. If you do that, if you have that orientation, first and foremost in solving poverty and, and underdevelopment, hunger, disease, chaos, if you're building cities, if you're building electric power, if you're building uh, defense against disease, uh, you will also have the basis for cooperation in stopping those uh, really fake insurrections that are guided by the enemies of mankind. Uh, the, you know, the uh, ISIS uh, and, and, and the terrorist groups who hate civilization. Well, but they're on drugs. They're taking amphetamines. They're they're supplied with weapons from the same people that are that 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 are that are running NATO. What what? How could you get the cooperation of sufficient force to make this threat a nullity? Only by by concentrating on the cooperation to solve the really, really desperate problems facing us, the material and cultural problems facing us right now. Is the European Union a success in moving the, uh, the uh, powers of mankind to solve these problems forward? No, the, 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 there's the living standards that are higher in Europe than they are in other parts of the world or have been higher are a result of past investments and the past outlook, a Renaissance outlook, which built up the industries in the West. They're not the result of a dictatorship from Brussels that imposes stupid political correctness and, uh, and, and, and carries out economic warfare against countries all over the world. That's not the system that built up the high living standards. People, people who are, uh, who are uh, some, some sort of degraded liberal uh, today who, without completely ignorant will, will, will parrot the line that the, the a common currency or, or some sort of common government over Europe is what keeps us safe and gives us prosperity. It's, there's no historical basis for that. But you can't understand what I'm talking about here unless you have some sense of the continuing history of this increase in man's powers over nature and, uh, and of the cooperation between countries that goes, that goes with that. Germany has an identity, has a very, very positive historical identity as the motor of progress for much of the world. And in, in, at certain times in, it, in its history, so does Russia. Now China does. In the past, the United States was a great 
motive for progress and throughout the world and the leading anti-imperialist power. This common heritage of progress is something that we must desperately point to. All the countries, think about this now, all nations have a common interest. What's that common interest? First of all, they have common material needs, which are not only not being met in many cases, but are threatened. People talk about a supply chain crisis. This is a common phrase in the United States. It's, it's, I guess it's shorthand for the reality or the more truth-telling way of saying it, that we destroyed the, or our, uh, that oligarchs destroyed our productive capabilities. We, we took down our advanced factories. We don't produce steel. We don't produce the things we need. We don't have the in-depth uh, capabilities that we had. Uh, so uh, what is our what what has to be our objective? It has to be taking care of the common needs of all the countries. What country is our enemy? There's no nation that's our enemy, really, substantially, intrinsically. Not North Korea, not Iran, not any country. Certainly not China and Russia. Uh, and and uh, all of the enmity between countries at, at, at war or near war with each other, right now Ukraine and Russia, uh, but India and Pakistan, Israel and the surrounding countries. Uh, you have to step back from imposed continuation of revenge and hatred. You have to step back from this. You can't see the world unless you go above it. That's what Socrates said, right? You don't know what the yeah. world is unless you go above it. Step back from this and see the common heritage of man's progress and the common needs that it, we can fulfill by cooperation and by encouraging genius. Now, what I, the way I'm talking now about encouraging genius sounds impractical and sounds like it's just a fairy tale. But, you know, all of the progress that I grew up with you know, in the 1950s, in my childhood, and when I was growing up in California, you could get a job eight hours a day and feed a family and have a house and a car on one eight-hour job. That's People don't even believe that now. Is that possible? This is uh, the, the, the progress that we made in the past, unfortunately, is not even known to people, to young people today, they don't. They 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 may see something that they uh, they they they're in favor of that's technological, like some new gadget. Uh, with, this is this is the thing. This and not looking at what's happening in the world, but that's that that's it's totally it, what they their point of view is completely unrealistic. And this is a thing. Before I pass it to Grace. Um, uh, Yuri Betsmenov, who was uh, an ex-KGB agent, Yuri Betsmenov, an ex-KGB agent who um, escaped to the U.S. in the 70s, uh, he exposed uh, how the Soviet Union made the propaganda 
in the Western world and how they destroyed the civilization by demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and normalization. And these are the factors in which we are now, because a destabilization, a demoralization process takes one generation. So the whole time where we had peace from, let's say, from 1950s to 2000, this was a demoralization process where the people lost the real values of family and all that stuff in the Western world. So then there comes, then there were the destabilization process. So, for example, the first crisis, financial crisis and all that stuff, anxiety. And then comes the crisis. And after the crisis, when the crisis is real tough, then comes the normalization. And the normalization is a word which comes from Brezhnev, when the, um, when the tanks stand in Prague. And Brezhnev said, now the world, now the situation is normalized. And this is the situation in which we are, uh, uh, are now. And this is the difference between, for example, 100 or 200 years ago, where the people had, let's say, a complete different spirit, a complete different mindset. And the, it's the, in, the, in our generation or after the World War, after the Second World War, the mindset of the people in the West is very much controlled. And this is something where um, it is, yeah, so to free, the, to, to get free from this mindset and to, to work in the way you, you are talking, this is, uh, this is an encouraging process. This is, this is a process which needs courage, courage. It does. I, I, would, I, I want to address what you said here. It's very important. Uh, first of all, the idea of a, uh, 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 an optimistic and creative uh, and forceful personality uh, in a citizen is very much associated with having productive work in modern industry and in a modern society. If you take away that kind of productive role for the citizen, you are encouraging a real loss of morality, uh, of morale as well as moral thinking. You're, you're, you're destroying the family. You're destroying the basis for supporting a family, the whole idea of a family. Uh, I would not blame the Soviets for this directly. Uh, you know, they, they, they all the, yes. the, the, the Correct. propaganda coming from you. You mentioned the Frankfurt School, that's, that's accurate. But if you go back to uh, the, uh, the period in the 1950s, remember uh, uh, Philby, the famous British spy who was also a Soviet spy. He was, uh, uh, he was in, the Amer in, the, in Russia's, I'm sorry, in Britain's embassy in the United States. He was the first secretary there. And what he would do as a British Empire and Soviet double agent, he would send to Russia for Stalin's miseducation. He would send reports from the United States characterizing Americans as devils. 
and trying to turn Stalin into a hater of American imperialism when in fact America was not an imperial country and was being simultaneously turned towards imperialism by people behind Philby in the British establishment. Uh, the, there, was, there has always been a faction within communism and socialism that was very much affiliated with international banking and intrigue. Uh, and uh, even in the United States, there were two kinds of socialists in the 19th century. One, uh, Eugene Debs was a labor socialist and a follower of Schiller, not Marx. Uh, the, the, uh, within the Soviet and, and Bolshevik leadership, you still had an admiration for America's accomplishments. Lenin had that admiration, even though he had Marx's confused understanding of the history of republics. A lot of that education comes from people like Marx living in England and being miseducated there. So that the ideals of standing up to the rich and powerful got skewed just the same way as they, they got skewed in France, you know, in the French Revolution. But inside Russia, in the Soviet system, there were, and there, there, there has been, uh, under, uh, within communism, uh, a, a, the influence of globalism, which had different objectives than the national development objectives, however harsh or whatever they were, of Stalin and other people, uh, right? So th this is a complex problem. The demoralization in the United States uh, is something that has a very uh, straightforward history in our country. It's not, it's not real, that vague if you, if you look squarely at it. We had it in, in 1963, President John Kennedy, with his brother, the Attorney General Robert, in the wings as the next uh, leader. And we had a leader of black civil rights, Martin Luther King. All three of them converging with Walter Ruther and other labor leaders on a possible tremendous alliance for progress within our country, representing a vast majority of the people of our country and their future, a good future. The triple murder of John Kennedy and then Martin Luther King and then Robert Kennedy and the institution of this insane war in, in Southeast Asia against American interests. Kennedy warned against that when he was a congressman, said, don't get in with France. This is wrong. Let Vietnam be independent, be our friend. So all of these things, the, the, the triple murder of our leaders, the Vietnam and, 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 and other wars, the, the proliferation of drugs, uh, of narcotics, uh, 
which was encouraged by the counterculture promoted by the, the, this London Wall Street gang. And then even the substitution of, of fake uh, uh, forms of liberation for real civil rights. Ford Foundation directly sponsored what, what they denoted as black power to take the place of Martin Luther King's leadership to uplift the poor people of our country, uh, which would have helped every person in this country. And he would have made a very good president because he represented really, even though he confronted people, he represented the interests of the whole population. So uh, the, the, the demoralization by the United, uh, of the people of the United States, uh, where now we have suicide, uh, a, a huge uh, demoralization of opioids and so forth. And, uh, this demoralization was certainly an objective of this faction that took power after the murder of Kennedy. And their cultural changes that they've instituted are, have brought about the failure of our society. Their power is very, very tenuous because it's, it is not sustainable. The only kind of sustainable power is a, a growing population that is confident of its power to accomplish things. That's sustainable because when you run out of some resource, you, you create new resources and you create new modes of using nature that are even more powerful than what you had to give up. Not simply running a windmill, but creating nuclear and fusion power and, and this, a space program to explore the infinite potential of our universe. If we have that objective, that's sustainable. It's not sustainable to, to simply say, well, we're running out of resources. You have to damp down, get rid of the babies. We have to damp down our expectations, kill off people in other countries that, that, that try to have a high living standard because that's too dangerous. That's not sustainable. These guys, our enemies cannot win. But we could all lose if we don't take them out of power and get back to progress. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I pass you to Grace. It was a real pleasure talking to you, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. This is a that I think believe this is a perfect time to end. <laughs> Just remembering that, you know, we have a lot of hope in the future and it's in our hands. So I in the eternal reverence, joy, and gratitude for the unceasing love and mercy of the one source most divine. We'd like to thank Anton for being with us. We'd like to, I'd like to thank everyone. And of course, to all of you who are following us, who are sharing every episode, please do so. And if there anything more, uh, last few words that you wanna share, Anton, and I believe if you want to talk more where the book can be bought or purchased or what subscription or something and i do have that uh, website for you and i do have believe it's also the who we are book.com anything right. more well we i'm gonna i'm working on volume two uh i think i'll serialize the chapters uh as they're produced uh 
and you can go on Amazon.com and get a copy, an ebook, Kindle or paperback of the first volume. And get in touch with me. Go to the website, whowearebook.com, and just send me a message. And let's 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 get our heads together about how to move people, what people need to know, and 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 what do people how can people be encouraged to have the courage that you talked about? You need courage. Of course, you need courage to uh, to do something good now. Uh, but let, let's put our heads together about this and, and uh, let's get peace on earth. Thank you again. And yes, Thank please you. remember, we all like the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. So it will all be uploaded in all different platforms from Jane, Roy, Hartmut, and Grace. And of course, we'll share also to Anton. And you have a good day, whatever you're doing. Peace be with you.